Hello and welcome back to Change It with me, Eloise. I hope this finds you well and you had a fantastic Christmas break. It is February. I don't know where this year is going already. It's been a really busy start for us in the change space and I've had a lovely break, but I'm pleased that the market's back. It seems like transformations are really kicking ahead. There's a lot going on and I'm speaking to some brilliant people that are doing really fulfilling work. So I bring you back to our conversations with Tim. We are now on episode three where Tim and I discuss what you thought you knew about ProSci. This episode is really revealing what ProSci have been doing that you don't know about. It's fascinating to also get insight from Tim on how he would define change management. He really delves into what they've been doing course training wise, what they've expanded on, Agile and ProSci. And in this conversation, we cover all areas. I really hope you enjoy episode three of Tim in the Hot Seat. Welcome back to the Hot Seat, Tim. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. This is episode three in the series. So we are back for what is You Thought You Knew ProSci, which everyone has been asking about. And yeah, there's a lot to, to be unveiled. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to take this conversation uh, forward with you. Fantastic. So one of the first things I, I thought a good place to start, actually, would be with your definition of change management. Because one of the things I so frequently hear being asked in interviews by change professionals and project professionals is, yeah, how would you define change management versus project management? And so many practitioners still struggle to define that, you know, that differentiation of roles. So how do ProSci define change management? Very good. So I'll give you first a contextual definition, and then we'll do the actual definition. So contextually, I always will not define change management without defining change leadership and project management with it. So I'll define change leadership as defining, it's deciding where to go and how to get there. That's change leadership, steering the organization, both strategically and in terms of all the initiatives it's going to take, the work to get to who we want to become. Uh, Project management is building what it takes to get there. It can be process, it could be technology, it could be hardware, it could be a product or a physical thing, but project management helps us manage the tasks, activities, cost time to build what we need to get where change leadership decided we wanted to go change management is how do we get our people there too? Because even if we know where we're going and we build what it takes to get there, if we can't get our people there too, the organization is not getting where it wants to go. So I think that's change management relative to project management and change leadership. And we need all three. They all come together to deliver the outcomes we expect, but they each bring a different perspective. And then my definition of change management is preparing, equipping, and supporting our people through the change journeys that we put them on so that they have success in their own journey. The initiative delivers results and the organization achieves what it set out to. So I think that's change management. It's very powerful that preparing, equipping and supporting our people. 
I know where I was when I started using it. I was at an ACMP conference, uh, and I remember having lunch with one of my favorite colleagues. She used a part of ACMP Toronto named Karen Sidori, and she's like, that prepare, equip, support, because I had started to tease it out with her organization. She said, that gets leaders dialed in right? Because when they hear change management, they think risk assessments, communication, training, planning, they might even think hardware, software, version control, they might think just linear recipes, right? Uh, they might think silver bullet and not even know what that is, because it's gotten so buzzy lately. So as soon as we say prepare, equip and support our people through the journeys they go on, you can't help yourself but start to say, but Mm, what are the journeys my project's going to put them on? And, and how much do I need to prepare them? And how am I going to equip them? And what does it mean to support them through the journey I'm asking them to make? And so, yeah, I love the definition because you can't hear it without starting to say, what does that mean for the CRM I'm deploying? What does it mean for the merger I'm leading right now? What does it mean for all the nurses that are being impacted by the electronic health records I'm rolling out? So uh, yeah, defining it in context to the people who have to make the change. You wanna hear somewhere else that we're doing that? This isn't in the script, but we'll digress a little bit. In terms of roles in change management, we introduced this in the uh, most recent enhanced methodology that we rolled out. We introduced what we call I buy role statements. I fill in the blank, contribute to outcomes through employee adoption by fill in the blank. Amazing. So our sponsor would say, I, sponsor, contribute to adoption and usage by actively and visibly participating, building coalitions, communicating directly, if you want to pull it straight out of the ProSci research. I, as a people manager, support my team through adopting this change by communicating, liaising, advocating, resistance managing, and coaching. I, solution developer, contribute to better adoption and usage by writing better use, user stories, better prototyping and testing, right? You get to let each person on the team anchor themselves to how do we drive better adoption of the solution? Because in the end, that's how we get better outcomes. So it's kind of like we're all sitting around a table looking at the change in the center of the table. We each have a little different perspective on it, but the I buy lets us each tie ourselves to how we drive better adoption. So it's become a really fun way to create what we call like the role roster that's necessary to drive successful change in the organization. Such a good way to set accountabilities up front and like you say, acknowledge the different perspectives in the room and angles that they're coming from. Very good. And so with that as our foundation of how projects define change, where where we go now is kind of what is what have ProSci done? They, they were born in 1994 by Jeff Hyatt. So many people know of the foundational course. So that three to five day course. A lot of practitioners, I know probably the majority have done it. Many big organizations now put practitioners through it or people looking to get into change. What do people not know about ProSci? Yeah, very good. I think I'm going to start by what I think people commonly think 
when they say, oh, I know ProSci. Because, uh, you know, people have read an article about ADCAR and say, oh, I know ProSci. You know, I've worked with a couple of folks on a project that had been through the pro program. I know ProSci. Uh, I sat through the program eight years ago, so I must know ProSci. I've known change management for 30 years, and ProSci does change management, so I must know ProSci, right? So I think we can be known as, you know, the, the ADCAR people and the certifications are, right? ADCAR and certifications are can be some of that perception. I'll tell you a story, though. I'm in uh, Orlando in 2008 at a Gartner Business Process Management Conference. Jeff Hyatt, our founder, is the keynote speaker. I'm in the back getting all the books and stuff ready to hand out. And a gentleman comes in and says, are you here with ProSci? I said, yeah, I am. And he goes, I took your three-day program last year, and it changed my life. And then he starts to walk forward to the front of the room. And that still makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck, right? Because what ProSci is all about is helping people see the challenges of change as unlockable. If there is a challenge to change in front of us, how can we unlock it? How can we better understand the challenge and make sense of it so we can move forward? Now, we took that because we really have an aspiration that every person leading and managing change has the knowledge and skills to do it well. Every organization has built the muscle to effectively deliver the change it's bringing about. And every person in an organization that's being impacted by a change is being supported on their own individual change journey. That's the world that we envision. And so our goal is not just to deliver these three-day programs or to introduce a five-piece model, but really equip change practitioners and organizations to, to make those kind of advancements. So what people don't know is the foundation of ProSci, the core of ProSci is research. It began way back in 97, where we began to, to ask change practitioners, what went well, what went wrong, and what would you do differently next time? Those are kind of essentially the three basic questions. And in 1998, we asked them about methodology and sponsorship and communication and training. And then we started asking about the manager role and the resistance management and resources and budgeting and team member attributes and organizational change capability hit our radar in 05. Then we started asking about saturation and portfolio management and reinforcement and sustainment and trends in change management and how do you build readiness and integration of change management and project management and measurement and metrics. And that's just through 2009. So, and then after that, we added alignment of change management with other change disciplines, complex change, advice for new practitioners, and a deep dive into job roles and locations. And again, that's just 2011. So, ProSci spent so much of our core forming years learning from, synthesizing, and developing actionable insights out of these bodies of knowledge, this load of research. Most recently, we aimed at research like we had talked about and agile, you know, more active resistance management, uh, re reinforcement and sustainment. So the research is the foundation of who we are. And as an organization that began with no consulting, our focus was how do we translate insights coming out of the research into actionable tools and techniques practitioners can bring forward. And that dedication to capability transfer, I think, runs through our veins still to today, even with some of these new things that I know I had mentioned. And you're like, let's, let's talk about some of that new stuff, right, that you're, that you're exploring. So that's who we are and where we came from. So, you know, I so respect the practitioner that's been practicing hard for 25 years and hasn't done the three day. And they might say, uh, 
I don't need to do the three day. And they're exactly right. They might not need, but if they want to capture the knowledge that a client might be asking for, then they might need to. And I just want that person to know ProSci is so much more than just that three day, which might be all they think of when they think about uh, us in the marketplace. And so for those people that, you know, ProSci has been around, like you say, for a very long time, since 1994. When was that three-day course born? And based on this huge body of research that's happened that you've walked us through there between 1994 kind of through to 2011, which presumably 10 years later is still happening, has that course evolved? Yeah, absolutely. So the course was introduced for the first time in 2003. I'll tell you a funny story about that one. Jeff Hyatt and I put it on the calendar. We ended up with two paying customers. You can't teach a three-day program with two paying customers. So we recruited neighbors, friends, family, anybody to get warm bodies in that room so that it didn't feel like those two people got duped into uh, coming to that class. In 2004, we offered one a quarter. Uh, 2005, we added about one a month and we thought we were rocking and rolling. And if you go to the prosci.com website today, you'll see that there's, I don't even, you know, probably about 25 sessions being offered next week by ProSci Direct. That doesn't include the over 30 partners around the globe who are also teaching the program. So yeah, it's been wild to watch that that evolution. The program itself certainly evolved in terms of the tools, the structure that was provided. In 2018, we launched a really significant uh, methodology refresh. There's a whole one hour webinar. We can put it in the show notes around evolving the ProSci methodology, but that was really this big significant step forward, re refreshing, reimagining the core technology and then wrapping the, the programs around it. What was interesting, Eloise, though, is that, you know, we, the methodology came to life in that practitioner program, but what the research told us is in times of change, employees want to hear from two people and only two people. Somebody at the very top about why the change is happening and the person I report to about what does it mean to me and my team. And so the research tells us this, right? In 98, in 2000, in 2003, in, 2000, in 2005, we said, okay, we need to augment the core practitioner program with training to help senior leaders and managers fulfill the role that the research is telling us they need to fulfill. And so the portfolio expands and then we continue uh, to reach out into the project manager, the change agent world. So we've grown the portfolio, not just in terms of expanding that practitioner and what we serve them with, but also helping organizations build that more democratized change capability. And that was something I wanted to touch on that you mentioned earlier, that terminology of muscle, because I think that that in part is often overlooked by people that, that associate ProSo with the three-day course, is the emphasis on the muscle and broader capability of an organization and change. So that is something you guys have targeted and tapped into. Absolutely. 2005 at the Aspen Lodge outside of Estes Park, I taught the very first three-day program we did on how do you go past project by project by project change management and start to embed organizational capability. That was 2005. Um, the interesting thing about the bleeding edge is they call it the bleeding edge for a reason. <laughs> uh, it's dangerous out there. And so for those first years, 05, probably through 11, 12, it was still very much the innovators 
maybe the front end of the early adopters that we're starting to think about change management, not just as a discipline we apply on a project. Certainly, it is a structured approach and set of tools we apply on a project to help facilitate people from their own current to their own future state for the project. And it is a mindset and skill set that change is conquerable, that there is ways to see change as unlockable, and that I have a unique role in the organization in supporting my people, no matter who they are, through the changes that are in front of them. We began calling it enterprise change management. You'll see it showing up all over. I actually lifted the phrase out of a PM textbook I used when I was doing my MBA in 2004, where Eric Verzu introduced the phrase enterprise project management as this notion of thinking about project management as an organizational capability. Um, small world, he emailed me about five years later to ask if I'd write a chapter for the same textbook I used in that uh, MBA class. And so now I have uh, have chapters in his last two editions of the same textbook. So kind of a fun full circle, but enterprise change management what was what we called it. And it was exactly that notion that it's both a discipline applied on a project and a skill set and set of muscles uh, that the organization has uh, in, 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 in store so that when something comes that we're not ready for. We actually pivoted this towards the notion of organizational agility as a strategic imperative, which is kind of even that next step up. That was the breakfast conversation I brought down to Australia in November 2019. We were in Melbourne, Sydney, and uh, Brisbane. We did a breakfast conversation about this idea that the most important differentiator for any organization is the ability to outchange. Uh, and not just outchange competition, right? It's the public sector is working to outchange as well. The government is working to outchange a global pandemic. Technological revolutions, new societal shifts, talent challenges. All of us are working to outchange. And so what can an organization do? to put itself in the best position to outchange. And back in 2015, as I surveyed the literature about how do you outchange somebody else, turns out building a change management capability is central. Amazing. So how do you feel then? And what is your opinion when it comes to the notion of change managers coaching people to do change? Because there is this debate around the fact that there would never be the same emphasis on a project manager to upskill someone else to do project management. So I've spoken to leaders in change and there's many different schools of thoughts, but there was an argument floated to me the other day, which, you know, I can't say if I agree with because that's setting things up, but, you know, it undermines the role of the change manager to deem that I, who have heaps of experience in change, have applied change on all kinds of different programs, can quickly upskill you in your business role to do the role of change management. How does ProSci, yeah, or Tim feel about Yeah, that? I guess the part at the end that got me is, quote, do the role of change management. Because we don't ask the CEO to do the role of change management. We ask the senior leader to show up to this one town hall meeting, record this three minute video, and have a one-on-one -on -one with that really tough, resistant other manager. So the notion of imparting, what we're imparting to somebody like a CEO are the set of activities that they can undertake 
to make their project as most successful as possible. So that notion of imparting change management to someone else, I think that's the, that I kind of struggle with that. We really tee it up in our uh, methodology that the change management practitioner is really like the director of the play. The actors in the play are the senior leaders, people, managers, influencers throughout the organization. That's who the people in the organization want to see and hear from. They are the faces and voices of change. The change practitioner then is very much an enabling role, right? They work with and through others to influence change. And so, and the interesting thing about the analogy, I was never in the theater, but I'd imagine the first run of a play, the director is there hands on, right? They have drawn stuff on the stage. They might be down whispering lines from underneath. By the time you get to the fifth, sixth run, directors in the back of the room, actors have got this figured out. They know what their role is. Same thing happens when a change practitioner starts to help senior leaders and people managers internalize their role as a great agent of change in the organization. That change practitioner gets to step farther back in terms of their director role. They become more of the enabler, but yeah, we do two very different things. The sponsor and the change practitioner. One's the director, one's the actor. So that, <coughs> pardon me, that's an awesome way to differentiate and delineate really that, that the change manager is the director leading the change and the person that you're kind of upskilling with to, to help and assist with the program is still doing that within the accountabilities of their role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they're an actor. That's great. And so talk to me about some of the other, the growth, the, the growth and evolution and these extra add-ons that you've been doing. I mean, we touched in part on Agile, aligning to Adcar in the last episode. But what have been some of the other courses and bodies that have been built out of this this deep research that has continued from ProSci? Yeah, so we've touched on two of my favorites, right? The agile work and then our very first episode on change ecosystems. The change practitioner competency model is one that I'm really excited for us to pull forward. There is a webinar replay that we can make available in the show notes, but we did a deep dive to build out the eight competencies of the change practitioner, positioning the value of change management, Number two is engaging and coaching sponsors with mastery and credibility. Number three is understanding the human dynamics of change. Number four is articulating change impacts, stakeholders and scope. Number five is applying a structured methodology. Uh, number six is establishing metrics, measures, and monitoring. So those are kind of the six core. Then the seventh is consulting competencies. Right, Things like influencing, coaching, emotional intelligence, negotiating, those are all the skill sets of a person who's fulfilling a consulting role in the organization, and we need to have them to apply and consult change management, but they're not quite you know, the skills of the change management discipline. And then our last one we call complementary disciplines. So that's where we get into the whole, what's your major, what's your minor that we talked about in the change ecosystem that I need to understand process and project and knowledge and some of those components. So those are the, and the neat thing, right? Number five was applying a structured methodology, but all the rest are all of the other moving parts of an effective agent of change in an organization, bringing about the competency. And then, of course, each of us land on a spectrum of, you know, novice, advanced beginner, competent, proficient, uh, or expert. 
and we can start to build our own career development path forward. So amazing. And that's, I mean, one of the questions I was just going to ask, because another um, constant phrase that I hear is, oh, pro-sci is for, for people just, who are just breaking into change, beginners yeah. and novices in change. So is this course, what level of practitioner is this course aimed at, this practitioner competence? So again, it's it's not a course yet. It's a free webinar that describes the model. Right now, I'm using it with clients to build out community of practice calendars, to build out advanced certifications within in single clients. So we've not made it available as kind of an open enrollment class. But the neat thing about it is if you, let's say you're a very experienced Lean Six Sigma practitioner who's now stepping into change management. You're going to score low on position of value change management, but you already have high credibility and mastery of coaching sponsors. You have a high ability to articulate scope, a low understanding of the human dynamics of change. I can actually start to map different professional profiles against all of those eight competencies. And so we have very expert folks that are using that to really pinpoint and hone the competencies that they want to continue to advance. Measuring is probably the number one. How do we create measures, metrics, and monitor change success that we see the experts really focus on? The other place we see experts use this is in mentoring and coaching others, right? I mean, I would imagine so many of your listeners have gotten to that point where they're ready to give back to the next up and coming crew of people who wanna go make positive influence on change. And so we use the competency model as a coaching and professional development frame so that we can help people decide what do I wanna get better at over the next three, you know, three months and how am I gonna advance my own personal competency? Funny enough, not to date the program, but nobody else will know when the other session is, I'm delivering a webinar tomorrow in Spanish. Although luckily I get to speak English because I don't know Spanish, but it's to a whole group of change practitioners across Spain around these eight competencies and how they can use it to start to frame their own professional development path. Now, of course, ProSci has gobs of webinars, tutorials, blogs, articles that line up to each of those eight competencies. So we have loads of free stuff, but people can expand their understanding of the human dynamics of change in lots of different ways, right? Go dip into the neuroscience stuff, you know, dip a toe into some of the other things that help us just better understand the human dynamics of change. And that's the breadth of the, the competency model and how we're going to help practitioners help themselves get better at delivering change outcomes. So for those practitioners that are more experienced that are, say, listening, who have five to 10 years of experience and go, yeah, I want more, or I want more training and I want something like that would be your something that you would guide them to as yeah, yeah. what next because it will give you inspiration in terms of the other facets that you could then add to your, your craft yeah most definitely and i'd say pick one of those competencies right whether it's the human dynamics of change or measuring maybe it's articulating scope and stakeholder impact maybe it's still influencing sponsors right even the most expert practitioners I know still will come with questions about how do I get that senior leader to see that this isn't something else, but it's helping them achieve what they already set out to. And so, yeah, I think it gives the expert practitioner who's built all of that experience a way to shape, it's a constructive container to help them shape their professional de development path forward. Right. 
And for those, I mean, I don't want to repeat ourselves because we did, we covered agile change in episode two. But for those that are, are looking to hone in on agile and add that to their craft, what is that the course or the literature that is available from ProSci for, for people now? Yeah, so there is, well, the core methodology now with the 2021 enhancements has iterative and sequential change baked into the core methodology. There is a one-day program on agile and change management. There is a deep dive topical research report that's available with data from a couple hundred practitioners that really explores how to adapt and adjust change management across 10 practice areas in an agile environment. So how do sponsorship, communication, employee engagement, manager engagement, uh, structured approach, resources, integration of the technical and people sides, reinforcement, resistance, and training look different in an agile environment than they do in a traditional sequential waterfall uh, environment. So yeah, those are a couple of pieces that are out there for uh, in the agile space. And this is all Intel. I mean, I would encourage everyone who hasn't listened to episode two yet that's listening to this to, to go back and listen because Tim really does do a deep dive with me in, on Agile and, and what pros I've done. But this is all Intel that people, it is not so commonly aware in people's school of thoughts as the association with the three-day course. So I, I think you're exactly right. The other place I think your experts can go right now is how do we virtualize the practice of change management? We had to over the last year and a half, right? In March, 2020, we had an involuntary digital transformation that caused all the work that used to be together to move to a part. And all that work is not coming back to together. Intentional hybrid workplaces will be a part of organizations going forward. What does that mean to me as a change management practitioner? How does it impact how I engage with folks, how I coach folks, how I collect data, how I conduct assessments? How does a hybrid workplace impact best practices and communication? How does it impact sponsorship? How does it impact how I coach people managers? What am I gonna learn about doing better training because we had to virtualize everything since the pandemic when I go back to being able to use blended or flipped classrooms? So, I think even the most expert practitioners have a lot of opportunity to continue to refine their own practice as they lean it into an intentional hybrid workplace, which is what our future is going to be. So I did, we did this as a premium webinar in July, 2020. So this is available on the website too, where we took about eight aspects of change management and did a force field analysis about the challenges and tactics to hybridize each of those practices of change management so that's incredible and i'll include that in the show notes as well yeah, yeah. that is that is the latest challenge and i think particularly what's interesting is across role types certainly within you know being in recruitment we're seeing that across role types people are screaming out for support in building relationships virtually with new stakeholders and so you know it's absolutely pivotal for the role of change where your relationship is everything and your EQ and ability to read and pick up on those signals. So kudos to you. That's fantastic to hear that you guys have released some support and inspiration in that space. Absolutely. And this is a part of that. So you thought you knew ProSci, you know, we stood up a return to the workplace advisory board in May of 2020. So made up of 15 of some of the bigger organizations on the planet, strategic change leaders coming together 
beginning in May of 2020 to say, what are we going to do as we start to come back to the workplace? And that group pivoted to reimagining of the workplace from return to the workplace, you know, way faster than the literature did. And so that group was such a source of inspiration and learning in terms of what are those key questions every leader is going to need to ask and answer if they want to be strategic as they step back into this hybrid workplace. One of my favorite phrases that came out of that conversation was from Kathleen Scott to the phrase intentional informality. Because you just brought up that challenge, right, of creating relationships with stakeholders in what is now going to be a hybrid environment at some level. Intentional informality is something we must bring if we're going to become influencers and agents of change, because we have to be able to foster communications above and beyond whatever's on the meeting agenda. Amazing. Gosh, so, so much reading and follow up. And certainly, I mean, there's a plethora of notes that we will include and links in in the show notes but thank you so much Tim that's so much that I didn't know um, and I'm sure the listeners didn't know and so so much kind of room for inspiration and learning yeah I really appreciate the opportunity I know we kind of wandered around but I think I think that's one of the other things right that I want your expert listeners to know when they equate change man and pro sci with ADCAR and the certifications are we spend decades wandering around how to drive more successful change with lots and lots of folks. And our whole goal is to try to bring this to the world, which is why you'll find so much content there at ProSci.com. So thank you for giving me the uh, opportunity and the platform to, to share a little bit. Wow. Well, there we have it. Such an insightful conversation from Tim where he enlightens us on everything we didn't know that ProSci have been up to. I don't know about you, but it's made me really want to tap into prosci.com and get across all that content there's so much that's available for free on there there's a plethora an absolute library of materials at your fingertips i will include the links in the show notes so make sure you tap into those resources And as always, thank you ever so much for listening. Don't forget to tune back in for episode four with Tim, titled, What is Your Finish Line? This one is all around keeping your finish line of your change program in sight and in mind as you deliver to enable ultimate success on your change program very useful hugely informative tim gives some really good inspiration on yeah how to get the best success out of your change program how to measure change how to demonstrate the value of your change program to the overall transformation thank you for tuning in please don't forget to comment share like and follow the podcast your support means a lot and really goes very far Have a fantastic day or evening wherever you are and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.